Bloomberg Radio. From Largo to Seminole, this is AM Tampa Bay with Jack Harris, where Tampa Bay begins their morning. And a good morning. Tis one of our top ten favorite days of the week. It's Friday. And AM Tampa Bay, your antidote to acedia here this morning with, well, actually, the Jack and James show. Hello. And our final day of the Jack and James show. That is true. Then it becomes the Jack and Katie show next week. Yeah. James taking a little time off next week. Tiny bit. Who told you you could do that? Uh, you know, I, I decided, <laughs> I put my foot down and said, I'm taking vacation. <laughs> well, you have certainly deserved it. <laughs> I appreciate you guys. And hey, we got to go through some sports here because this is going to be a big sports weekend and it's been a big sports week, but you got the Bolts at the Panthers tonight. They're going to be where Joy and I'll be next week over with the Carolina Panthers. Uh, the Islanders will be here tomorrow night. So they got back to back games tonight and tomorrow night on the road tonight and then home tomorrow night. And then we've got Sunday. The Buccaneers are at the Florida Panthers. Yeah, There's yeah. a lot of irony going on here. Both teams are playing Panthers. A lot of Panthers. And remember, both teams were in Pittsburgh at the same time. Last week, one Friday night and one, how was it? No, one Saturday night and one Sunday. By the way, they're playing the Carolina Panthers, not the Florida Panthers. Yeah, the the uh, Bucks. Yeah, Carolina. Oh, you said Florida. Right. Yeah, I was yeah. So, I was confused. Like, wait a second, what? And the Bolts are playing the Florida Panthers. And I'm still waking up here. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so I'll try to get that right. The Bolts are at the Florida <laughs> Panthers down in Miami. The Islanders at the Bolts tomorrow night, and then the Bucks are at the Carolina Panthers, and that'll be. Sunday afternoon at one. Yep. Buccaneers are three and three now. It's not looking like a Super Bowl year, but let's hope things get better. Meanwhile, the uh, Astros beat the Yankees three to two last night, and they now have a two to nothing game lead. And this is to see who's going to be in the Super Bowl, looking like the Astros at this point. But we'll have to see if the Yankees can pull it out. Uh, they'll be at New York tomorrow night. And the Padres at the Phillies tonight and tomorrow night. That's one game apiece having been won. So that is tied at one game apiece. Of course, it's a seven-game series if necessary. But um, anyway, a lot of great sports going on now. you got to enjoy it because... We haven't got much more time with the. Well, no, we got plenty of time with the Bucks and. Oh, yeah, they're the not even halfway through the season yet. Yeah, no, we're so good. we got plenty. But, um, and the other thing, Monday, we're going to have to have somebody watch it who can report to us. And this is going to be critical here the DeSantis Christ debate, which is coming up not until Monday, but. We'll remind you Monday, somebody's going to have to watch it for us and report it to us on Tuesday morning. Yeah, hopefully they don't break out in a fight or anything like uh, yeah, like the other ones. Yes, like Rubio and his opponent yeah, did. Yeah, Demings. 
but it could very well happen. We'll have to see how that works out, but we'll have Chris Trinkman coming in here in a minute. We got Rory O'Neill later on this morning. Um, and he's going to be talking about people in this January 6th hearings. This goes on and on and on. That's never going to end. And we're still waiting for them to subpoena Trump. And we'll see yeah. what that... That's going to be the biggest rated uh, night on TV. Yeah. And if they air it. Well, he's saying he's not going to show up. Uh, we'll That'll see. That'll be interesting to see if that happens. But And Kevin Carr, our fat guys at the movies guy, will be along in about an hour. So if you want to join us, call us at 800 969 9352. You can text us at 82945. Begin your text with the call letters WFLA and we'll read it on the air. Yep, yep. And with our iHeart app. Yes, it's our talkback feature. So if you're using the iHeart radio app, it's free. It's a stream news radio WFLA. You could tap the little microphone on the screen and send us a message. Yeah, so. Get her done. We want to hear from you. Yes, yes. It's 5-11. Time to check in with John Thomas and traffic. Quick takes. Ripping through the biggest news stories of the day in record time. Providing you all you need to know. This is AM Tampa Bay with Jack Harris. And with Chris Trinkman in here from the newsroom here at 13 after 5. And what's going on this morning, Chris? Good morning, Jack. Well, those affected by Hurricane Ian are getting a break on property taxes. Governor DeSantis announced that he is extending the deadline for property taxes in counties hit by the storm. And he says he will be calling a special session in December to discuss solutions to stabilize the state's property insurance market. Yeah, it's pretty complex anyway, but uh, they really need all the assistance they can get down in South Florida, uh, yeah. Southwest Florida. Where Ian hit. You know, you talk about property taxes, and then you see what's left of some of those properties, and you wonder how many people are going to stay there after the damage that they suffered. Um, It's going to take many, many, well, it's going to take years to get it back to what it was, but... uh, Yeah, it's not going to look the same when it's all been rebuilt, that's for sure. Yeah. But uh, there are a number of people who are, you know, second-guessing whether it's, you know, safe to stay down there uh, based on what happened, because... There were a lot of people who have been through hurricanes before in southwest Florida, but nothing like this one. Yeah, this one just did a lot of destruction down there. Fortunately, they got Sanibel Island Bridge done in a hurry. In, yeah. What was it, three weeks? That's right. Well, they've, which, got, they've got a temporary fix for it. Yeah. Um, that's enough to get the cars uh, going to and from the island. They're going to have a more permanent one completed over the next several months. Yeah, I was surprised at how many people live on Sanibel. I think it was 650 people or something like that. And I've been there several times, and uh, they got a good restaurant down at the end of it, I know. But sure, I never, you know, we went jogging there before and stuff like that. And I just didn't realize it was that populated. Yeah. Well, they suffered tremendous damage because they were essentially at the, uh, you know, the striking point where the hurricane came ashore. And I'm curious to see how the beaches look, because that's what drew so many people to those islands down there. Uh, The shells and just the miles of beach that you can walk along. And that's where the uh, storm surge, you know, flowed right over. Oh, yeah. So Hurricane Ian's impact could be felt by homeowners all over the state. 
the CEO of Citizens Property Insurance, Barry Gilway, is expecting that that company will lose $2.5 billion as a result of storm recovery. And that means there'll be premium rate increases next year as high as 30%. And that could go for other insurers as well. He speaks for Citizens because that's the insurance company that represents most of the people on the coast. But there's going to be a lot of claims made from people with other companies as well. And so as a result, you can expect premiums to go up, which is yet another thing that Floridians are going to have to deal with as far as price increases. Oh, yeah, big time. Uh, Because insurance companies are taking a big hit as a result of this down there because people had property insurance and things like that. And they can call on it now. Let's pay up here. So Republicans pushing back after the CDC recommended COVID vaccine shots be added to the childhood immunization schedule. Governor DeSantis says as long as he's alive, he won't have any mandates in Florida. The schedule is not mandatory, but states have the right to decide whether kids have to get the jab in order to be admitted to school. Yeah, there are certain ones that we've been taking for years and years. Right. And a lot of people are saying this does not need to be one of them. First of all, it doesn't prevent it. It lowers the intensity, the impact of it. Right. But that this isn't something that should be added like polio vaccines or things like that. Measles. Yeah. And flu, flu shots. Yeah. I got to get my flu shot, by the way, this year. I haven't gotten it. Well, one of the concerns, though, about you know the whole anti-vax issue involving COVID is that it's starting to spread to some of these other vaccines, too. Some people are thinking vaccines in general are a bad idea, and that has health officials concerned because the last thing you want is to have all these measles outbreaks and you know other contagious diseases showing up. I mean, in upstate New York, they had a case of polio up here oh my you know and that's not something you want to see happen because you know those diseases are uh you know uh can be uh devastating they so, certainly can so i had one of my high school buddies got it and had it oh yeah a long time and it's very devastating that's right that's right i mean people think of uh they think of fdr you know what happened yeah. to him you know he couldn't walk in the end so that's just not the kind of thing that uh, you want to have spreading around, and, and vaccines have done a good job in preventing that from, from it happening. It has certainly done that. So Tom Brady apologizing for an, an analogy that he made on his podcast. Brady was speaking to the Brooklyn Nets' Kevin Durant on his Let's Go podcast Monday when he compared competing in the NFL to military deployment. And during Bucks practice this week, Brady made a statement saying that he used a poor choice of words. He he caught a lot of heat for that. You know, you can just see the D-Day guys going up on the beaches and people shooting at them. Yeah. Poor old Tom's having a tough time between that and uh, the battles he's having with his wife, Giselle, and what else is going on? I I don't know. How about about the Bucks' poor offense? Uh, Yeah, three and three at this point. Three and three, and they they didn't score a touchdown until late in the fourth. Yeah, uh, hard to believe this team won the Super Bowl a couple of years ago. You know, I hope that they turn it around because the last thing you want to be talking about this season, Jack, is how, oh, Tom Brady should have hung it up. He should have. He he pushed his luck too far, and, and now look at this season. You know, I don't want that to happen. But he still, when he does make passes, they're good. That's right. And, and you wonder what they would be like without him, you know, out there. Yeah, for sure. Whether he's 
average or not average, he's still better than most of the quarterbacks in oh, the NFL. That is very true. So I think overall the Bucks are glad to have him, but let's hope they turn the thing around this weekend. Yep, let's hope that's the case as they take on the Carolina Panthers up in Charlotte. That's right. Where we're going to be next weekend. <laughs> oh, you're going there? Yeah. You're going to see the game? We'll be a week late for the game. <laughs> I'm going to miss the game. But anyway, Chris, will have more coming up here in 10 minutes at the bottom of the hour. It's 520 on AM Tampa Bay. And thank you, Chris. And uh, here's John Thomas. Restrictions apply. How will the ongoing inflation issues affect the midterms? All the latest happenings happen here. Now, back to AM Tampa Bay with Jack Harris on News Radio WFLA. And it's the Jack and James show here this morning. And if you want to join us, 800 969 9352. We'd love to hear from you. And we got, um, well, there's. There are a lot of different surveys that are being taken, and you can't really tell which ones to trust the most. And this is the latest one, the Rasmussen report, which is fairly trustworthy, but um, the latest is now on the November elections. They say it is going to show the Democrats the door, so to speak. And in the latest report survey, uh Likely voters expect the Republicans to win control of the House, and it's not even close. 67% agree that the Republicans are going to take over the House. That would be nice. Yep. 17% don't agree. So we could stop all the crap that they're trying to peddle through in Washington. How true that is. Even 50% or 56% of Democrats expect their party to lose control of the house and as for the senate it's a lot closer with 58 percent of likely voters believing the republicans will edge out the democrats uh just 25 percent don't agree but among democrats the split is even 42 percent agree and 42 percent don't agree and uh, much of the media have recently raised expectations that the House will turn red by anywhere from 10 to 40 seats. I can't see it happening that big, but uh, there's been some report of tightening Senate races that could give the Republicans a one- or two-seat edge after the elections are over on November 8th. That's what we need. And you know what's scary, Jack, is you, you've got the Rasmussen poll, but I have 538, and they're saying that the Democrats will slightly uh, win over the, the Republicans in the Senate. They're saying 59% Democrats. So it's, it's, it all depends on who gets polled. It all depends on what yeah. that demographic is. Yeah, the um, survey also quiz likely voters on if they plan to cast ballots early or on election day, most 53 to 44 margin chose election day, saying they would vote on election day, though that was mostly a GOP preference, as has been the case in the past. They would rather vote at their polling place. Now, remember, a lot of people won't admit to who they're actually going to vote for. So I think we might see, as you're saying, a big red wave. Yeah, it's hard to say at this point. Uh, I don't think 
there's going to be that overwhelming a wave in the Senate. And, of course, Democrats, if they can take it over, are going to do away with the filibuster, which I don't think they should be allowed to do away with the filibuster. I think that's a good thing. Oh, yeah. Because the filibuster can be used to stop some really idiotic things from happening. All I know is I have a lot of Democratic friends, uh, that, and, and even my neighbor, huge Democrat, they're even pissed off at what's happening in our country right now. Well, that's true. I mean, when you look at what's happening, the worst thing that's happening right now is on the border. Right. And then you come down to what's happened to gas prices. It's incredible. It's nearly doubled over the last... Someone, someone pointed out that you could years. send all this money over to Ukraine, but yet we didn't even have a fraction of that money to build a border wall. Oh, I know. And that's crazy. And now we're seeing fentanyl coming in here. We're seeing potential terrorists coming into this country. And, I mean, it's ridiculous. These people that are coming into this country that deserve coming in should do what they used to do, and that is apply for citizenship. Mm-hmm. And if they do everything right, they can become citizens exactly. of the United States legally. It's not that hard. Yeah, we don't, you know, Lord knows who's coming across that border. You got child pornographers. I mean, you got all kinds of crazy people they've caught. Lord knows who they haven't caught. But that's going to keep going for a long time, unfortunately. But that's the worst thing that this administration has done. It's 528 on AM Tampa Bay. Keeping you up on what's trending. Here's the AM Tampa Bay trendsetter. James Berlander. Yep, James Berlander in here with What's Trending Now at 5.38. Yes, yes, yes. And don't worry, Katie will be back next week. I'll be out. So yeah, Katie, you'll be out, be and Katie will be in. we got to get all three of us together again. That here, will so. happen, I promise you that. So, over in Manchester, England, there's a guy named Oliver Kaplan, and he woke up from a night at the pub to quite the shock. Somehow, the Uber ride that he had taken home ended up costing... $39,000. For an Uber ride? <laughs> For an Uber ride. So luckily, Kaplan, who isn't all that well-to-do, uh, you know, insufficient funds, you know, so he's not he's not rich at all for this ride, um, he nicks the charge. So normally what's typically an $11 to $12 ride overcharge is now being attributed to a back-end system here, which had the destination set at Australia. Australia. So, yeah, so apparently the Uber thought he wanted to Uber from Manchester to Australia, which I would love to see. I would pay $39,000 to see how that Uber drive you know, would, would go. Yes, indeed. That would to be incredible. A large island like Australia. Exactly. Also trending in the news today, uh, Russian kindergartners. So do you remember what you learned in kid- kindergarten, Jack? Uh, I think we learned the ABCs and... Pretty much all, all the from one to right, all the basic stuff. So it's a safe bet that it wasn't nearly as intense as what they're teaching in Russia. So this week, pictures have emerged showing men in fatigues doing a little show and tell with the youngsters with an AK-47 machine gun and an anti-tank grenade launcher. Good Lord. <laughs> we never got to learn that stuff. Yeah, so this is uh, reportedly an attempt to uh, show what qu- uh, qualities distinguish a true defender of the fatherland. So to our knowledge, none of the kids were drafted into the military service during the demo, but you never know. Good Lord. And that is what's trending for this Friday morning. Well, there you go. That's what we've got trending. 
And coming up in just a minute, with our deepest apologies, <laughs> we've got the uh, Friday fake news report. And that's from comedian Argus Hamilton. <laughs> we will do our best for you. Yeah, thank goodness we've got the uh, sound effects that James is going to be bringing on here. Otherwise, it wouldn't be funny at all. I'm just going to hit random buttons. We'll see. <laughs> it's 540 on AM Tampa Bay in time for John Thomas and traffic. This is the Fake News Report. We are fighting the fake news. Hey. Fake news. On AM Tampa Bay with Jack Harris. And the Friday Fake News Report from comedian Argus Hamilton. Daily Variety says movie studios are counting on Halloween movies to rescue the studios from this year's box office slump. The scariest movie of all is the nightly news. If 2022 were a movie, it'd be written by Stephen King, directed by Quentin Tarantino, and accompanied by a soundtrack by Yoko Ono. (laughs) Jeffrey Epstein's underage girl pimp, Ghislaine Maxwell did a prison interview Friday, and she promised she'll discuss in detail the powerful men who flew to Epstein's island after her appeal is heard for her conviction. Allow me to be the first to say Ghislaine Maxwell did not hang herself in her cell next week. (laughs) Disneyland raised their ticket prices Tuesday to $104 a ticket plus $30 parking and $15 per lightning lane pass. There's food and merchandise on top of that. It's cheaper for family of four to fly to Switzerland, rent a car, and ride the actual Matterhorn. Fox News interviewed Kanye West, who said he moved next door to his ex-wife Kim Kardashian to be close to their children. In a recent poll, 40% of Americans said they have a favorable impression of Kim Kardashian. The other 60% who were interviewed said she's fantastic in bed. (laughs) Kanye West is buying Parler to avoid being censored on social media, just as his fellow billionaire Elon Musk is buying Twitter to destroy speech restrictions. I much prefer Hillary Clinton's approach whose speaking fee per event is $100,000, and her topic is the importance of free speech. (laughs) President Biden vowed Tuesday the first bill he'll sign if Democrats keep a majority in Congress will codify Roe v. Wade into law. He's more informed on the issue today. When Joe Biden was first told of the Roe v. Wade decision, He said, either way, they want to cross the Rio Grande is fine with him. This is a bunch of stuff. (laughs) Rowing or waiting. The Tennessee Volunteers beat perennial power Alabama on the last play of the game Saturday in one of two major upsets in college football. In the other upset, USC's defense gave up 43 points in their loss to Utah. The last Trojan to provide this little defense probably belong to Herschel Walker. That's a lot of crap. <laughs> Pull up your pants, take off the bra, and be a man. <laughs> Talking about the Trojans, you know what those are. President Biden cited the Saudis after they refused his request to delay cuts in oil production until after the elections. The crisis creates other problems. 
Gas prices are so high that to save money, I filled up my lawnmower tank with Russian vodka, and it invaded my neighbor's lawn and annexed the flower bed. The Ukrainian army was reported by the AP Monday to be on the verge of saving the Donbass. I wasn't wearing my reading glasses when I first read the story, and I thought I read they were saving the dumbass. And I didn't know if they were talking about Biden, Putin, Zelensky, or Hunter. (laughs) President Biden's warning two weeks ago that we're on the brink of nuclear Armageddon didn't seem to scare young voters, and the sense of alarm faded. Ignorance is bliss. A member of Generation Z told me it's no big deal if they don't know what Armageddon means. I mean, it's not like the end of the world, which, of course, Armageddon is. <laughs> the Daily London Mail reported an environmental group called Just Stop Oil entered a museum and threw tomato juice all over a Van Gogh masterpiece. They did it because he painted with oils. The group says they won't rest until all 19th century painters switch to acrylics and watercolors. The White House ordered Venezuelans return to Mexico to await processing. Trump's Border Patrol tried to use pepper spray to turn back illegal aliens, but it backfired badly. Trying to turn back people at the Mexican border with pepper spray is like to trying to stop Germans by spraying them with beer. The National Retailers Association predicted that Americans will spend over $11 billion on Halloween decorations, scary costumes, and candy this month. I've read that Jehovah's Witnesses don't celebrate Halloween. Apparently, they don't appreciate complete strangers knocking on their doors. (laughs) Oh, kiss my grits. Like the uh, Jehovah's Witnesses do. The Washington Post reported Thursday that women's claims against Herschel Walker have not affected his poll numbers in the Georgia Senate race. This past week, Walker told a crowd that his grandmother was a full-blood Cherokee. But I doubt it. He doesn't look anything like Elizabeth Warren. The House January 6th committee voted to subpoena former President Trump to testify about his role in the Capitol Hill riot. The vote was part of the daily ritual whenever the House is in session. Since 1789, Congress has begun every day with a prayer, followed by an investigation of Donald Trump. You are fake news. And the Wall Street Journal quoted economists Thursday who attribute today's inflation to too many printed dollars chasing too few goods. In addition, I think American consumers overspend on things they don't need in the first place. For instance, too many people buy life insurance, and then they die anyway. That's that's all, folks. Folks, with our deepest apologies. It's 5.50 on AM Tampa Bay, and time for John Thomas and traffic. Jack, Katie, and James, every weekday morning. This is AM Tampa Bay with Jack Harris on News Radio WFLA. Well, a little disruption on the Jack, Katie, and James. It's Jack and James this week, and yeah, Katie and Jack next week, <laughs> most of the week. <laughs> but you got Rory O'Neill every day. So you're yes, good. we got Rory right now, our NBC News radio reporter, and 
Uh, Rory, this just goes on and on, and the Donald Trump supporter Steve Bannon is expected to be sentenced today for refusing to testify in the January 6th hearings. And what's the deal on that? Is this thing ever going to be over? Of contempt, uh, one count for not testifying, another count for not uh, turning over requested documents. Prosecutors are asking for a six-month prison sentence. Uh, the attorneys for Steve Bannon say, you know, hold off on the sentencing until we complete our appeals. And if you do impose a sentence today, uh, can you make it probation or house arrest? So that, that's the argument for the other side. Yeah, I mean, this thing is going on forever. And you wonder, is uh, Trump going to refuse to testify or what's the deal with him? Well, right. So that's what sets up an interesting question now about you know, what what is next. Uh, just like Steve Bannon, President Trump is being issued a subpoena to come testify before the committee. What if he refuses? Will he face the same recommendation to the Justice Department that he be criminally prosecuted? I guess that's the big question here. Um, and, you know, we, ha- we don't have a lot of history with contempt of Congress. I was trying to find older cases. You have to go back to the the days of the Hollywood 10, you know, the House Un-American Activities Committee. Yeah. Uh, some of those Hollywood studio execs, uh, they were found in contempt. Also back in Watergate, you had Gordon Liddy and the former Nixon Attorney General, Richard Kleinstein. Uh, they were, they pleaded guilty to uh, contempt of Congress, but they didn't serve any jail time. Yeah, the thing, and I've, I've brought this up again and again, I just remember so well the president did call on his supporters to go protest Congress uh, in trying to keep them from okaying the results of the election, but he ended his speech with, and you must be peaceful and patriotic. He must be, you must be peaceful and patriotic. And it sounds to me like he was trying to keep them from rioting. Well, but we've talked about this before. On January 5th, Steve Bannon was on his podcast and TV, radio show, you know, saying that, quote, all hell is going to break loose tomorrow. Uh, so what what made him say that is what the committee wanted, wanted to ask him about, and he refused to testify before the committee. Hmm. Well, this thing's going to go on forever and ever, I guess, and it'll be interesting to see how it Im- impacts the upcoming election in well, in 2024, by all means, but uh, Rory, One we will... 18 days, too. <laughs> yes, indeed. We're getting closer and closer here to our elections. The ads are almost over. That's the way I look at it. Yeah, that's a good thing, for sure. <laughs> but Rory O'Neill at Radio Rory is where you'll find him, and we'll talk to you again on Monday. Hey, thanks, Jack. Have a good weekend. Hey, thank you, sir, and same to you. It's 557 on AM Tampa Bay. From Palm Harbor to Valrico, this is AM Tampa Bay with Jack Harris, where Tampa Bay begins their morning. And a good morning to you at 6.06. It is our odyssey into the realm of the unknown to make it known. And it is Friday, one of our top 10 favorite days of the week. TGIF, or for our friends here at MacDill Air Force Base, Tango Golf India Foxtrot. And we got some birthdays to celebrate today. First of all, Veronica Switek, uh, Marie Walters, 
Paula L. Gaskins, Toby Hall, Mark Bertrand, Susie Sofer, and coming up three days from now. Oh, boy. James Berlander. I, I knew you were going to announce this. <laughs> well, I had to. You're oh, not well, going to be here you. next I week. I know. Well, thank you. Thank well, you. We'll announce it next week, too. Do you have any birthdays? I do. Today, I've got Robert Wise, as well as uh, coming up this weekend, my neighbor, Amy Burness, James LaFiera, Chase Edwards, and Danny Francois, and Michelle Dodson. Yeah, a couple of those names sound familiar. Yeah. I don't know how you might know them, but you you might know them. You know everybody around Tampa. <laughs> I only wish. But uh, we got a couple of um, bad lines here to add. i got to look some up real quick. A book hit my head, and I've only myself to blame. That's pretty weak. <laughs> do, that was the punchline. <laughs> do, do people in Australia... Call the rest of the world up over because we call Australia down under. So it's up over. Outback Steakhouse, the down under steakhouse. I used to suffer from soap addiction, but I'm clean now. <laughs> and last and maybe least, resolutions in one year and out the other. <laughs> Is that, is that our Dave? <laughs> that is Dave. He's on vacation, but he's still here to laugh. Yes. <laughs> and we miss Dave. He kind of runs the place. Yeah, I would tell you an economics joke, but there's really not enough demand. An economics joke, <laughs> but there's not enough demand. Right. And anything else there? That's about that's about it. Well, this is pathetic. Let me see. If a deaf person has to go to a court, is it still called a hearing? Oh, that, I, I don't know how I feel about that one, Jack. It's <laughs> uh, a good thing they couldn't hear it. Well, that's true. <laughs> Why are you in a movie, but you're on TV? Speaking of being hmm. in a movie, we're going to find out here in just a few minutes who's in the movies this that is weekend. That All the great... Got- Movies to see at the theaters this weekend. Yeah, and our fat guys at the movies guy will be joining us here in just a couple of minutes. And we got Aaron Real coming up at the bottom of the half hour. Um, they're saying college enrollment is dropping. Um, and it has been since the pandemic, but it hasn't stopped. So we're going to hear from Aaron about that, among other things. Yeah, I'm curious if people are just, you know, hiring without needing degrees, the college degrees nowadays, because people have technical certificates, or are kids just wanting to stay, stay stupid? <laughs> well, let's hope that's not the case. Yeah, I hope so. Anyway, it's 610 on AM Tampa Bay, and time to check in with John Thomas and traffic. And Kevin, do we have any comedies? It's all about the glitz and glamour of Hollywood, and he knows it all best. Let's go to Kevin Carr for the latest movie news and reviews on AM Tampa Bay with Jack Harris. And it is Kevin Carr joining us right now, our fat guys at the movies guy. And Kevin, what have we got coming up this weekend? I'm not even going to ask you about comedies. Well, I mean, there is a romantic comedy that's out uh, this week, and that one has... 
Julia Roberts and um, uh, George Clooney Ooh. playing divorced parents of their daughter, and they're at their daughter's sort of like a quickly organized wedding uh, that in Bali, and and of course the, the two of them they're fighting the whole time, but then they realize that she might be making a mistake, getting married too early and too young, so they decide to torpedo the wedding to try and sort of manipulate this to have them call it off. And uh, of course, you know, hilarity ensues. Uh, that's that's basic. That's the basic setup for it. I actually haven't seen it. They did not screen it for me, which uh, you know, yeah, this is this is a post-COVID world where they've cut down a lot of the screenings. But um, I haven't got a chance to see it. I know it's doing very well overseas because, uh, of course, you know, a lot of people like seeing these two movie stars together again. Uh, but it's getting middling reviews. I don't know if that's the kind of comedy you're looking for, but that is out there. Well, I like Clooney and Roberts, but uh, I don't know. I might have to go see it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I might do this. Now, there's another one out this weekend that I think is uh, you at least would know a little bit about. Uh, it's Black Adam, which stars Dwayne Johnson. And uh, for people who don't know who Black Adam, I know you're a big fan of the original Captain Marvel series uh, that, that that was from pre-Marvel Entertainment, you know, with uh, Captain Marvel, Captain Marvel Jr., yeah. the whole Shazam. And Mary Marvel. Yep, Mary Marvel as well, Uncle Dudley, all that good stuff. Uh, Black Adam is actually a, originally a villain from uh, back in the old Captain Marvel days in the comic books from the 40s. Uh, he was essentially the first uh, person that that Shazam gave his powers to, and then he, you know, like 5,000 years ago, and of course he immediately got corrupted by him and turned him into a villain, and he shows up again in the 20th century and has to fight Captain Marvel, who who has to dispatch him. Uh, the, the character has, has evolved over the years, and he's kind of had his own comic books, and they've changed some of his stories, but this is... Uh, the Rock, uh, Dwayne Johnson plays him in this in this sort of anti-hero movie that that's that's out. Um, it's different than the original Black Adam that you would have read about when you were a kid, uh, but the story follows a slave who was given superpowers who uh, is then trapped for five thousand years and he's released, and other people in the DC universe have to try and help him learn to be a hero and not just be this vengeful. Uh, the, the, the sort of this vengeful anti-hero, I guess. Um, it's okay. It's it's not bad. It's it's like a lot of the DC stuff where I think they throw a lot of stuff at the wall and hope it's going to stick and develop into a big movie uh, and 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 restart their franchise. But it's really more. Of, it, it's best if you just kind of view it as a one-off type movie. I, uh, well, you're not old enough to remember it, and certainly James isn't, but. I'm an older guy, and our older listeners would remember the uh, Captain Marvel comic books. Captain Marvel and Captain Marvel Jr. in the blue outfit, Captain Marvel in the red, yep. and and then Mary Marvel later. And yeah. uh, do you remember what Shazam, which turned him from just a commoner into a super kind of man? Oh, yeah. It's uh, what the Wisdom of Solomon, Strength of Hercules, uh, Power of Atlas... No, Power of Zeus, Stamina of Atlas. Uh, uh, I think it's what the... Uh, I forget what Achilles stands for, but the Speed of Mercury. Yeah. yeah. I can't believe you remembered all of those. Well, here's the thing. My father was a huge Captain Marvel fan, so I've, I've read a lot of the books or some of the reprints of 
you know, the original C.C. Beck days back when Billy Batson was a, uh, well, I guess he was a radio, he was a radio reporter, I think. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, and, you know, the old classic uh, bad guys like Mr. Mind and Dr. Savannah and all, and, and all of those. So I, I am familiar with it, and that's just because my father was a big fan. Man, I can't believe you remember the Shazam like that, incredible as it is. Yeah. Well, anything, anything else coming up this weekend? Uh, there is another movie that's out. It's in limited release. I know it's open where I am. Uh, it's called Tar, and it stars Kate Blanchett as a as sort of an acerbic, uh, egomaniacal uh, maestro, uh, you know, a, a conductor. And it's it's about her her life and career, kind of kind of uh, falling apart in the middle of uh, because of some of her past actions. Uh, I'm not a big fan of these kind of movies because this is very much just an award film that is made for her to win an award. Uh, outside of that, it really doesn't serve her purpose. She does a great job in it. I mean, she's very compelling, but it is a bit of a pretentious run, and it runs about two hours and 40 minutes. So uh, this one is not my cup of tea, but if you like award films and and uh, or you're into classical music, it is uh, a... a sort of an acerbic look behind the curtain at the the ins and outs of that well if you're looking for movie information you want to go to fatguysatthemovies.com and kevin we'll talk to you next week all right thank you thank you sir it's 6 20 on am tampa bay and time for john thomas and traffic how will president biden's approval ratings factor in the midterm elections all the latest happenings happen here now back to am tampa bay with jack harris on news radio wfla and at 6:25 on am tampa bay we're joined now by our nbc news radio reporter aaron real and Aaron, we understand that college enrollment has dropped for the uh, third consecutive school year, which it began dropping because of the uh, academic or the pandemic that we had. And what's the deal on that? Yes, it seems like it, it's dropped. It's continuing to drop. So the rates of college enrollment dropped 1.1% since last autumn. And that doesn't seem like much relative to the two years prior during the pandemic, which we saw a fall in enrollment of 6.5%. But the fact of the matter is that 1.1%, it's it's in line with the sinking numbers that we've seen for the past decade leading up to the pandemic. And this year's rate, it just marks a return to the earlier, slower decline of enrollment. And it really comes as concerns about student debt and the rise of alternative credentials comes around. So if you don't have to be burdened with hundreds of thousands of dollars in student loan debt, it seems like people are taking alternative routes, finding alternative certificates, and also the growth of online schools. So the pandemic really rejiggered the way people think about online university and enrollment that grew 3.2% last fall. And this is all according to Clearinghouse, the National Clearing Student Clearinghouse. And this is for students aged 18 to 20, and enrollment grew 23.4% over the two years since the fall of 2020. So it seems like if people have the option for online schooling, they're taking it in many more circumstances. Yeah, and you wonder about um, with this enrollment dropping, if it's going to continue to do that. Uh, and now with the president talking about picking up student debt, if that's going to increase enrollment. 
It seems to have not done that at all. Um, in fact, it, it seems to have done the opposite. And it, people are just realizing, if anything, it's brought a light to student debt and the burden that it causes people and the inability to come out from under it oftentimes in an entire lifetime. So it seems that people are just taking the alternative route of finding a different way to either get the certificate or get the degree that's needed to get the job and make a better life for yourself, but without the burden of hundreds of thousands of dollars of debt. Yeah, and I know there are a lot of people that are very against this taking care of the student debt because it is we, the taxpayers, who are doing it. I mean, the government isn't doing it. We are paying for that student debt. Right, yes. And that's not going to end. But anyway, uh, Aaron, we appreciate your joining us this morning. We'll talk to you next week. Thank you, Jack. Have a great weekend. Oh, yeah, you too. All those weekends are great. It's the days in between (laughs) that are tough. It's 628 on AM Tampa Bay. Let's hear about the dopiest dope of all the dopes of the day on AM Tampa Bay with Jack Harris. And at 638... James, who is our dope of the day? Well, I don't know if you want to blame inflation or just people that just don't seem to care. A neighbor's ring doorbell camera caught video of a thief stealing a 14-foot-tall skeleton from a Texas front yard just before 5 p.m. Uh, this past Saturday afternoon. Apparently, <laughs> the female thief with red hair can be seen on the footage getting out of her SUV Tipping over the giant skeleton and then trying to shove it into her trunk. She eventually uh, pulls the skeleton apart. So I'm guessing it's not one of those blow up skeletons. It's uh, just, you know, fake bones and stuff. And she shoves the pieces one by one into her vehicle and then leaves, speeds away. Neighbors are offering a $50 reward, just 50 bucks. I, I feel like for, you know, for that big a skeleton, you offer 100 uh, For more information that leads to the arrest of whoever took it. Oh man! So hey, they got a lot of Halloween decorations out already. I mean, we're still. I think Katie has like a giant pumpkin away. in her yard or something, right? I think it's like twenty foot pumpkin. I think so. Yeah, she does some decorating. I know we go out walking and go by a lot of different houses and off Bayshore, and uh, man, a lot of houses are really decorated up for halloween it's fun to see yeah i'm gonna have to stock up on candy this year but i'm I'm gonna have to take out a loan to buy the candy to pass it out and by the way parents are warning their kids with halloween they gotta check the kids candy and make sure they aren't eating anything that hadn't been inspected which might be fentanyl that's a problem this halloween oh yeah they discovered a whole batch of it didn't they Oh, yeah, yeah. They, um... Over in, I think, L.A.? Yeah, I think that... Let me see. I had that story right here. Fentanyl pills. Yeah, at the L.A. airport, authorities seized thousands of suspected fentanyl pills that were hidden in candy boxes at the L.A. International Airport. Somebody tried to go through security screening with snacks and bags of candy one morning and um it was discovered that inside these sweethearts and the skittles and the whoppers candy box were fentanyl pills trying to get them through and about twelve thousand pills were seized by wow. 
sheriff's detectives. And you know what's scary? In these pills, if I read this right, it's enough to definitely kill a person. Oh, so yeah. we're talking about massive murders, you know, just from these little pills. Yeah, and we can thank the open border in the Southwest for that. Right. And I'll say it again, and I don't know why nobody has talked about this in Washington. We need to send three divisions down there, shut that border down, and protect America. That's what the military is for. And I think they just need to soup up Border Patrol as it is, and even just to prevent these people from climbing across, swimming across. Yeah, and if they want to come into this country, let them apply for citizenship and do it the way that millions have done over the years. Right. There's nothing wrong with people doing it legally. We invite, we welcome people into our country, but do it the right way. We understand that the other countries could care less about their citizens. We do care about people, but you've got to do it the right way. Yeah, for sure. Anyway, it's 641, and we've got uh, Today in History coming up here in just a jiffy. Right now, we got John Thomas in traffic. Agriculture. Now, taking a look back at This Day in History on AM Tampa Bay with Jack Harris. This Day in History is presented by the Duncan Duo. Today in History for October 21st. In 1512, Martin Luther joined the theological faculty of the University of Wittenberg. In 1520, João Alvarez Fagundes discovered the islands of St. Pierre and Miquelon, bestowing them their original name of the Islands of the Thousand or Eleven Thousand Virgins. I've never heard of that one. The Islands of the 11,000 virgins. That sounds fun. Yeah, I just like the (laughs) names. The only reason I put that one in there. 1774, the flag of Taunton, Massachusetts, is the first to include the word liberty. 1797, in Boston Harbor, the 44-gun U.S. Navy frigate USS Constitution is launched. And that one's still up there. It's quite a thing to see out in the Boston Harbor. 1824, Portland Cement is patented. 1854, Florence Nightingale and a staff of 38 nurses are sent to the Crimean War. 1861, the Civil War. Union forces under Colonel Edward Baker are defeated by Confederate troops in the second major battle of the war. 1867, the Medicine Lodge Treaty is signed by Southern Great Plains Indian leaders. The treaty requires Native American Plains tribes to relocate to a reservation in the Western Indian Territory. 17 or 1879, Thomas Edison applies for a patent for his design for an incandescent light bulb which we still have them today. 1892, opening ceremonies for the world's Columbian Exposition are held in Chicago, though because construction was behind schedule, the exposition didn't open until May 1st, 1893. 1921, President Warren G. Harding delivers the first speech by a sitting U.S. president against lynching in the Deep South. 
1940, the first edition of the Ernest Hemingway novel, For Whom the Bell Tolls, is published. 1944, World War II, the city of Aachen falls to American forces after three weeks of fighting, and that was the first German city to fall to the Allies. 1959, in New York City, the Solomon R. Guggenheim Museum opens to the public. The Guggenheim Museum, of course, still open. 1959, President Dwight Eisenhower approved the transfer of all U.S. Army space-related activities to NASA, including most of the Army Ballistic Missile Agency. 1967, the National Mobilization Committee to End the War in Vietnam organizes a march of 50,000 people that went from the Lincoln Memorial across the bridge to the Pentagon. 1973, Fred Dreyer of the L.A. Rams becomes the first player in NFL history to score two safeties in the same game. 1979, Moshe Dayan resigns from the Israeli government because of strong disagreements with Prime Ministers Menachem Begin over their policy toward the Arabs. In 1983, the meter is defined as the distance light travels in a vacuum in one three hundred thousandth of a second. 1986 in Lebanon, pro-Iran kidnappers claim to have abducted American writer Edward Tracy. He was finally released in August of 1991. Spent five years in captivity. 1994, North Korea and the U.S. signed an agreed framework that requires North Korea to stop its nuclear weapons program and agree to inspections. 2011, the Iraq War, President Barack Obama announces that the withdrawal of U.S. troops from Iraq will be complete by the end of the year. 2021, a shooting occurs on the set of the film Rust, in which actor Alec Baldwin discharged a prop weapon which had been loaded, killing the director of photography, Alnia Hutchins, and injuring director Joel Souza. And finally, in 1964, the record coolest October temperature in Tampa. And do you want to take a guess at what that was? On, t- on today in 1964? Yeah. Uh, I'm going to go with 72. 72? <laughs> wait, 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 coolest? I- I'm going to go, I'm sorry, I'm going to go with 55. Oh, way too high. Really? 40 degrees. Oh, wow. Okay. In 64. I'm we've, always way off on these. Yeah, we've had some pretty cool weather here today and yesterday and tomorrow. I'm enjoying this. And a good fingernail moon this morning, by the way, as my yeah. son used to call them, the fingernail moons. Well, anyway, that's Today in History, uh, presented by the Duncan Duo. Get your career booming by being a part of the Number one real estate team in Florida. Visit now, jointheduo.com. It's 6.51, time to check in with John Thomas 
and terrific. The debate rages on regarding abortion rights. How will this affect midterms? All the latest happenings happen here. Now, back to AM Tampa Bay with Jack Harris on News Radio WFLA. It's 6.55 on AM Tampa Bay. You want to check out our blog here that Katie put together before she left, but um, a video of a horticulture teacher setting a new record for the largest pumpkin. People are making those pumpkins somehow larger and larger. Crazy. And I want to check this out. Florida's oldest brewery introduces Halloween beer. What is it, scary beer? Uh, possibly. I, I think Aaron Jacobson uh, drinks Halloween beer. Huh. Well, He's in here with me right now. He's prepping. Ask, pumpkin beer. Ask him. Oh, it's pumpkin beer? Probably. I've I, had the Oktoberfest beer. I think I'll stick with my regular beer. Uh, anyway, the also that video of Katie running over a huge alligator. And that was on a road near Tampa. Very scary incident. And a bunch of other great stuff you got to check out, too. One other thing here, too. Oklahoma executed inmate Benjamin Cole yesterday morning despite claims from his attorney that he had been severely mentally ill. And this was at the Oklahoma State Penitentiary in McAllister, and he was the sixth Oklahoma inmate to be executed since the state resumed carrying them out in October of 2021. And he did a sometimes rambling two-minute prayer while strapped to the gurney. And the first of the three lethal execution drugs began to flow at 10 a.m. And Cole was declared unconscious at about 10.12, about six or seven minutes later. And he could be heard snoring inside the death chamber. I don't know why they make executions so painless when these people have caused such great pain in their victims. But again, they did not give his last meal. I love to check out the last meals. What would I would have a steak. Be? What would yours be? I would do a steak and ribs. You know, I'd get my wife's uh, French toast casserole. Aww. Love that stuff. In fact, I love the weekend because she usually makes it either Saturday or Sunday. Well, the weekend has arrived. Yes, indeed. And that means we'll see you Monday morning at 5. Well, James won't, but... You and Katie, you got I will this. and Katie will on AM Champa Bay. Live it up. 